Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. My name's Lindsay and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Paige. Hey guys, we're here. We're back at our cozy little Airbnb that we love in this hidden place in Idaho. I'm not about to tell y'all where we at. Because that's just a level too far. I listen to too many podcasts for that. But we're back for a podcast night. <laughs> and this is not as much of a murder house as the last Airbnb. Yeah, that's fair. We stayed in. Although it was fun. This one has a hot springs. So yes. that's what that's what's really important. Yeah. And if you hear people having fun, it is because people are having fun in the hot springs outside. And I'm pretty sure I can edit it out though. So you may not even notice. Um, I have to tell you this. I just realized or just remembered ADHD right there. So I know somebody who got a VBR Verbo, mm-hmm. VRBO, whatever, house, rented it for two months. And when they showed up at check-in day, it was a total scam. Somebody was actually living in the house. Like the owner of the home lived in the house. What did they do? They contacted Verbo. Right. I don't know how to say it. I think people, I say VRBO, but VRBO. I, don't, I don't know the correct way. I'm going to do that. It's like GIF, GIF. Like, what the hell do you call those moving pictures that are hilarious? I yes. don't know. So they contacted VRBO and was like, hey, somebody actually lives here. And they were like, well, we need proof. And so he actually asked to take a picture with the guy that lived in the house. And the homeowner was like, sure. But that's, I would not, as a homeowner, I'd be like, no, you can't take a picture of me at my house. <laughs> Well, if I were a homeowner, I think I'd be freaking pissed that someone was using pictures of my home. Yes. And listing them on like an air. So anyways, now Airbnbs or VRBO. Be aware. So was it the proper like outside inside of the house or was it just false pictures? I don't know that detail. I wonder if they took real estate pictures. Oh, yeah. And like. Probably because it had all the listing. It was like a whole listing. Yeah. I just didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that that could be a possibility. Well, yeah. So, here we are. I have another weird story and then we'll get started. Um, So, my house, um, like, comes up under, the picture of my house comes up under an address nearby my house, but my house shows up. And if you put the address in a certain, I don't know, I can't remember which one it is, maybe it's Google or whatever, it will take people to my house even though it's not that address. So we get like DoorDash deliveries and grocery deliveries all the time that like aren't for us. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of. Do you return them or do you well, just they get can't them as a take bonus? the DoorDash back once they like set it on the porch? Like it's a health issue. So if no one ordered it, we just we let them know it was an error, and they usually just say keep it. Excellent. And then I've gotten a couple grocery orders, and it's the same thing. So it is kind of nice. I mean, that's up. kind of nice. It is kind of nice. But I feel bad for the people. We've got we've gotten mail for them before, too. And so we, like, kind of know them now. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You got to contact DoorDash. And they'll, like, refund them and redo it. So it works out for everybody. But And you get bonus. Bonus, yeah. I love that. 
What a positive spin on potentially creepy story. Yeah, I'm here for that. (laughs) Today we are talking about energy and ADHD. And I'm so glad we're doing this today because I'm so tired today. (laughs) But also recognizing that this particular piece was actually a part of ADHD and a part of my experience with ADHD has been a game changer for me personally. So I'm super excited to like dive into it and talk about how it's shown up in my life and how it could possibly help you. Just a reminder that this episode will be about adults and their possible symptoms. And next week we'll talk about kids and how this can show up for kids because it is a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. But in order for us to correctly apply it to our children, we need to be able to apply it to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And um, we are recapping or using as talking points um, Your Brain is Not Broken by Dr. Tamara Rossier. It's a book. It's great. Read it. If you don't read it, we're giving you all the, the deets here. Yeah. The next few chapters, though, I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to go back and read it. Yeah. It can be difficult to form formulate the picture of it and completely understand it when you don't have it. And it's available. Kindle, Audible, paperback. It is available. So for these next few chapters, if something's not clicking, I highly recommend that you get the book and you cover at least these chapters and read through it because we're going to be talking a lot about visualizations. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into this. And there's also like different ways to describe these things, these, I don't want to say symptoms, but quirks maybe of ADHD. And um, it, the way she does it can make it click if in a way that it hasn't clicked before sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it is good to have that extra reference. Yeah. Okay, well, let's dive in. Let's go. Okay. So ADHD um, and energy. I've made some like content on this before and I've, I've talked about it in terms of like the spoon theory. Have you heard of the spoon theory? Yes. But okay. recap it. Okay. So for, I can't remember who created it now that we're talking about it, but <laughs> Google it and you'll see, but it's a theory that was created based on people who have chronic illness and you have so many spoons that you have during a day. And that depends on kind of your energy level when you wake up and how you slept the night before and how you're feeding yourself and all of those things. So say you have 10 spoons in a day. And, but maybe if you wake up and you're tired, you have five spoons. And each task is a spoon or maybe it's a couple spoons. Some things drain your spoons more than other things. And when you're out of spoons, you're out of energy for the day. So it's a way that's been used to help people who have physical ailments or issues or medical issues manage their energy and it applies really well to ADHD. Another analogy I like to use is like a gas tank. We have certain things that we do that add gas to our tank and we have things that take gas out really quickly. But my favorite so far I think analogy or metaphor is in this book and it is the iPhone battery because we've all had this iPhone. <laughs> and so if you true. if you have an Android, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sure you maybe have experienced this. I've had an iPhone since iPhones have come out simply because I am not quick enough at picking up on technology to change. So I'm not against an Android. I just, life's easier with an iPhone. Um, So anyway, you know when your iPhone gets like super old and the battery drains really fast and it takes forever to charge? Have you ever had that iPhone? Oh yeah, absolutely. Up until 
um november last year oh yeah because when i met you you had that iphone Uh like guys when we started this like working together thing Paige literally couldn't always record content from her iphone Uh because it was so busted (laughs) it was it was an iphone 7 you made that last you made for a long time yeah i had it since 2014 so oh my gosh eight years dang Mm -hmm. good work good freaking work um so usually for me, that's when I get like super frustrated and I feel like I, and she talks about in the book, like we carry chargers with us and I do this anyway with my regular iPhone and the battery works fine, right? We have chargers with us. We have things to help like get that energy back if we need it. Well, some tasks on your phone are going to drain the battery more than others. So scrolling is probably, or watching a show is going to drain it really quickly versus like just checking your texts or something that doesn't use like internet or data, maybe writing in your notes app. Um, and so this, this busted iPhone is what I'm going to call it is a lot like energy with can, can be energy with ADHD. So we have certain tasks that drain our battery more quickly than, um, those who are neurotypical and every person, I, I, and I think this applies across the board, but it's really helpful for people with ADHD to know some tasks aren't going to drain you in the same way they drain other people. So the perfect example of this, I think, is our business page because mm-hmm. um, Paige can like organize, create a calendar, like keep track of what the hell we're doing, what our plans are, um, map map things out, outline things. And for me, that's like nothing drains my battery faster than that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um and then there's certain things I'm sure, and I don't know exactly what they are, that maybe... Oh, content, right? Um, Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Having to brainstorm ideas for content, even though I'm literally doing teaching therapy and teaching parenting skills and ADHD information all day long, the idea of having to brainstorm, formulate, record, write a caption, post on multiple platforms, absolutely not. Like, maybe... I can go like three or four days and then I feel wiped for like two weeks. Yeah. And so that's why when you look at like the structure of our business, the, the face you see on social media more is mine, unfortunately. Sorry for you guys. Um, Excuse you. <laughs> the gorgeous face that you see with perfect hair and a Diet Coke. And a Continue. Di- always a Diet Coke. Um, But the, the behind the scenes that like keeps this ship running... <laughs> is Paige because I would be, and we, we joke about this sometimes, I'd be, you know, that kid in softball that's like not there for it. They're like out in left field, like doing cartwheels and picking dandelions. <laughs> that would be me. I would just be like free floating, like doing whatever feels nice in the moment. And that's ADHD for you. So, um, what the way that Tamara Rossier breaks down things that drain our energy and things that build up our energy. She uses this kind of quadrant system that I think is really cool. So if you don't know what a quadrant system is, it's like four different squares. And this is why the book and graphic are important. But on one spectrum, we have red. And those are things that are not fun, but they have high emotional um, like intensity with them. Mm-hmm. Then there's yellow, and those are not fun, and they have no emotional intensity. Then there's blue, which is no emotional intensity, but fun. I'm trying to remember. I have it written down, but I'm still going from memory. And then green, which is high emotional intensity and high fun levels, right? And so when she thinks of like the spoon theory, she breaks these tasks into different sections. So obviously, 
well, maybe not, obviously. Which which one drains you faster, you think? Well, you know, but. For me, I really feel like yellow. <gasps> really? Mine's red. So, And yeah. she said most people think yellow because they, so yellow is like the not fun tasks that have no emotionality. So first, wait, first I want to talk about like emotionality and how, um, just to remind you that people with ADHD, because of the lack of dopamine, often use intense emotion, stress, or pressure to motivate themselves to do the task. So there's a lot of shame, like you're lazy, you need to get up and do this, or yeah, constantly going, or you procrastinate and wait till the last second, and then you like run around like a chicken with your head cut off, mm-hmm. trying to get the thing done to get it motivated. Yellow are just the things that like aren't really fun, and so in your head, you think that they're going to take more energy than they actually usually do. This is like paying your bills. Um, For me, one here is like returning phone calls. Like I dread it. I will put off list. I I won't even listen to voicemails like for weeks. And then I'll be, then I'll like shame spiral over the fact and it becomes a red, right? Like Mm -hmm. that this person reached out to me and I haven't gotten back to them. And that's how I motivate myself to do the damn yellow thing when I could just have, you know, done the yellow. That's what I was thinking. When I read this chapter, I definitely told myself I fell into her stereotypical coaching client. It's like, well, yellow, because that's the perception. Two things. One, I think if you had asked me this a year ago, a year and a half ago, I would have been existing more in the red zone. I would have been using emotionality a lot more to motivate myself. Or in like when we talk through what red is for each of us, I have examples of how I lived this very go, 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 high achievement, productivity, like push, where now I feel like I ch- I'm more challenged with yellow things. Mm-hmm. And because I am self-employed, there aren't like deadlines and things to procrastinate and force myself into with that emotionality. Yeah. And so I feel like my yellows turn into reds which is why i was like i feel like it's my yellows because that's where they originate oh gotcha so we probably are in the same and i think to me the uh the awareness the same thing like a year ago i maybe would have said yellow or i wouldn't have been as aware of how in the red i lived because i did live in the red and we'll talk about how that can lead to burnout and i did um i think i've told my hive story on the podcast like i had a full body hive condition caused by stress like no other like anytime I got stressed, I would break out in hives because I lived in the red and my nervous system was so dysregulated for so long mm-hmm. that it literally took me like stepping back from that. So now I have extreme awareness around that, I think. And so I'm more aware of how draining those red things are to me. Can I also just point out that Lindsay's private practice is called Healing Hive, which is like a beehive, mm-hmm. but also it's just ironic. Mm-hmm. In a ha-ha way. It's mm-hmm. funny ha-ha, guys, because yeah. she's healing hives, get it? Yeah, and I had <laughs> hives. And I had hives. Actually, you know, it's a hive thing. Um, It's a Utah thing because Utah is like the beehive state. And so it's kind of like a, a Utah-y word, but yeah. yeah it, and yeah. there's beehives on like every sign you drive past if you haven't ever been in Utah. But I just thought that this was so funny because when you are – when you are a behavioral health professional, you have to do a lot of this work yourself, which is why we can speak into it because we are actually here. We are living it. We are doing the work, which is why we speak into it to tell you how to do the same work and get results. Yeah. And so I just thought without that having a, a chronic a full, condition, yeah, a full body reaction to and it. And I had, um, back in college, I was living in the red constantly and I ended up getting, um, 
It's not chicken pox. What is chicken pox? Shingles. Shingles. Yeah. I had a full shingles outbreak. That's a at stress 18, 17 years old on my face. And it was a stress response from living in a chronic state of stress. Well, and the other thing I want to point out here that like is something to take into consideration is if you come from a I don't want to, I don't like the word traumatic because there's so much loaded with that, but like a stressful, chaotic childhood, you're probably preloaded mm-hmm. to just live in the red. So by, you're going to burn out earlier. Uh-huh. Like I'm surprised I made it as long as I did. And I had stuff before, like the chronic fatigue piece and like, but it was never like as visible, mm-hmm. but like as, you know, shingles at 17 on my face. Yeah. Or like full body hives. Yeah. It happens. And for some people it shows up way later. I have a client I'm working with right now. Um, who had something pop up from 30 years ago that mm-hmm. now presents differently as more of an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Because it's been triggered from chronic stress. Well, and that's why you look at like when they do the ACEs. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a childhood assessment. And you like pretty much you get a number for your childhood trauma. Yeah. I don't know. Like um, mine's an eight or nine. It's a nine. It's that's nine. high out of 10. Yeah. Just so you guys know that's out like of 10. Like, I'm, I'm surprised I'm not dead. Like, and then you look at, so when they teach it to you, like in a trauma training, they teach it to you. And then they're like, these are the percentages you're more likely to have all of these conditions if you're like in this range. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm going to die right now. Like, I'm just going to kill over. Like, this there's no way. The end. The end for me. Um, Okay, but back to the point so uh green what's all the point but green are oh let's do blue first blue is your like your watching tv scrolling taking a bath napping resting and these are the things that usually feel like they're more restful in the moment and they can be in small doses but if you spend a lot of time in this then it actually becomes draining and Um, I don't know if anyone will relate to this, but I have had the experience of like, I will live in the red for so long that then I will be in burnout and be in the blue, meaning that like, I can't do anything. And if Mm -hmm. you're comparing this to your nervous system, we've talked a lot about it. You're like fight or flight and then we have freeze, right? Yep. To me, the blue is freeze. So, um. And it's blue. Guys, we're on a roll today. It's, it's all, the stars are aligned. So, Um, but if I, so I find this happen, like if I have a really busy week at work, I'll think I just want to lay around all weekend Mm -hmm. and I'll let myself do that. And then I will feel like absolute shit by Sunday afternoon because I am less motivated and Monday is harder for me. Mm -hmm. So I found that like I can have, I call them like low stimulating weekends, like where there's a level of activity or productivity, but it's maybe not like a huge and like I'm not going to like redo my kitchen or like do something wild and crazy or go camping, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm still going to be a, a little bit productive. And then I find like I, I actually feel more rested after the weekend. Mm-hmm. And when I thought of blue, because the same activity could be a green for you, which green is go guys. It's like the, the spot you want to be, you want to be incorporating green. Um, I thought of it's not just the activity, but it's the intention and reaction from the activity. Mm-hmm. And so like scrolling Instagram, right? Brain dead, kind of mind mindlessness, just scrolling for 20 minutes. Cool. That could totally be um, like a green for you. It gives you rest, relaxation, or a healthy amount of blue. However, like with 
with Ocean Gate that just happened, right? How many of us scrolling now we're having these intense emotions associated with scrolling because we're coming across all this different content or if we're starting to compare ourselves to other or we're going into shame spirals, like that is no longer healthy blue. Like that is not mm-hmm. like a supportive blue for you. Yeah, and it's it takes a lot of self-awareness in yourself to recognize that shift. And so a way that shows up in my life is like Tim and I love to watch shows together. Like that's our thing. Um, and so like get the kids to bed at night and then we'll watch a show. Sometimes we'll watch an episode or two. And I found that the type of show matters and how invested I am in it matters. Because if I'm too invested and we start it too late, I end up staying up too late. Mm-hmm. And then it just becomes, it's it's a blue yeah. and it's not good and not a good blue. Yeah, it's not supportive. Yeah, but like if we watch something more lighthearted or something that's maybe like easier for me to go to bed, like Ted Lasso, I love that show, then it it really is a green for me. And so mm-hmm. like being able to – and in different days it's going to show up differently. Yeah, and that's the really hard part about what we're talking about because for each person, every day, every circumstance is going to be so different, which is why we've covered so much up to this point in understanding – ADHD, the emotionality of ADHD, the malicious motivation murderers of ADHD, like all of the pieces up until now. Yeah. And I think for me, managing this really has been about body awareness and my awareness in the moment. So like, it doesn't matter how I felt yesterday. I take this and apply it to the moment that I'm in currently. Like, how am I feeling right now? Um, Paige and I just showed up to this Airbnb and it was like, it's like, it was like a three on a Friday when we got here and we both looked at each other and we're like, we need to rest for a minute. Mm -hmm. Like, and we're both really in tune now with like where we're at. And so we can say like, I, I, you know, I don't have the energy and we need a blue for a minute. And Mm -hmm. we, we like took a little snooze, played on our phones and then we got up and we started working. And I, I think it's the best way to do it for me is just to try not to plan it or worry about like some days your tasks are going to be in different categories. It's mm-hmm. good to know how you generally operate as a human, but then checking in with yourself that day mm-hmm. and how you're feeling. Yeah, I agree. And it makes me think of people in my life that I love where they have an activity they believe is a blue and can be a blue, but then they end up spending so much time in blue. Because the thing about blue is it can recharge your battery, but it recharges much slower like it charges that battery real slow and then as soon as you unplug it it's like back down to 10 percent, even though it was at 55 right i have a, a metaphor for this or an analogy what's the difference between an analogy and a metaphor someone explain this to me somebody email in because i am not the one <laughs> okay so here's okay i don't know if i hope someone else can relate to this do you know what a fast charger is for an iphone yeah okay so we have like fast chargers in our house, they're always disappearing. And we're always like, where's the fast charger? Where's the fast charger, right? And then we have like the normal charger, okay? And it's slow and it takes forever. So like the fast charger is like your green. Mm-hmm. It's going to charge you up. It gives you energy. It's really fast. The battery sustains itself, right? But the slow charger, the normal charger is like blue. It's like you put it on at 10% and in an hour it's at like 20%. Mm-hmm. It's like not charging very fast, doesn't hold very well, but that fast charger, ding, that thing really just like gets you there. So yes, and so I have someone in my life that loves to play video games, and I am like cool, supportive, right? Like I watch Netflix. I don't see a lot of difference in video games and Netflix as a chosen blue activity, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. 
it's the amount of time in blue where we're thinking this is where we need to be and what's going to motivate us and recharge us, but it's such a slow, unsustainable charge that then we have difficulty moving into anything else after that, and that's the trap of blue. Mm -hmm. So it's like you think that you're resting and recharging, but then you end up in kind of the emotionality of shame and guilt for being in blue so much that now we're in red. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to go get this stuff done. And it's like, well, now you're in red and you're burning yourself out even quicker. Yeah. And I think it's just so hard to manage because there's, it's the motivation piece can be so tricky. So like Mm -hmm. when you're in blue, it can be so hard and you're recognizing maybe that it's like you you need to get out of blue. You need to move into it like a different category and it's hard to motivate yourself to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are some things that, <coughs> excuse me, Paige has allergies, guys. Do we want to, do we want to talk about some tips or do we want to talk about um, how to categorize? Let's talk about how to build awareness and categorize what these are. Okay. And then maybe we can handle tips. So if you're curious, like what category, so give some, some of your examples. Okay, so some of my examples of red tasks. And so what you would want to do is now that you have kind of a working understanding of each colored quadrant, you want to break down tasks into different quadrants. So for my red, this is a funny one, and it probably relates to children too, is going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. If I have to pee, I will hold it till the very last absolute second. And I know that. That is, okay, I know it sounds weird, but that is definitely a neurodivergent thing mm-hmm. right there because of the sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to wait until a certain amount of urgency to motivate me to stop what I'm doing to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. And then I used to use it a lot with school and deadlines where I would procrastinate until the very last minute. The other thing I think goes um, un maybe not recognized as often is that busy, busy, busy lifestyle mm-hmm. where I felt like I always needed to be achieving and I always needed to be productive. And it was like I had things scheduled every hour. And at one point I was working like 60 hours a week. And I had a family. And I was in school. like, And that was kind of a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And that was me living in the red. Mm-hmm. Like that thrill of being busy. Getting that dopamine hit from the constant productivity. Well, and the issue with red is you get the dopamine hit from being productive. Uh-huh. But you're using... Uh, like a malicious motivator, right? So you're using something to motivate you that's not one, sustainable, and two, it's not healthy. Yeah, because I'm constantly stressed. Mm-hmm. Like you are constantly using high levels of, of emotionality, which you, shows up in your body. Mm-hmm. So I was like emotionally reactive. I would fly off the handle or other times I would be really calm, but like it, it was an unpredictable emotional response depending on the day and that was stressful for me too. But that's also an indicator like, hey, so something was happening for me right mm-hmm. there. In yellow, I put returning calls and texts. Yeah, that one's my. It's yellow. rough writing clinical documentation. Yeah, I have documentation on my yellow too. Yeah, it's hard. I also have yard work as one, and sometimes I typically enjoy housework. Is more in the blue category for me. Like I enjoy it, so that's not a yellow. But that, I'm sure that's a yellow for a lot of other people. It's like tasks that are boring and hard to make myself do. Yeah. Um, mine is like, any, my reds are anything that involve like 
planning or packing or things like that. I will, and it it probably starts as a yellow, but then moves into red sometimes. Because yeah. um, there's a deadline when you're doing that. But also there's a level of like the yard work too is definitely a red for me. It's like I get mad about how my yard looks, so I'll go out there and work on it. And then I'm just pissed. Yeah. And, and that's I, how you motivated yourself to get And there. I get exhausted really quickly. So, like, when you're using, like, if cleaning or yard work is one, like, it's something that takes physical energy anyway. So then you get out there and you're exhausted mm-hmm. from the emotional rigmarole you've had to go through to even get yourself out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when we say red, you are activated in the stress response. And so what's happening in the body is the same process of, like, if you were running for your life or fighting for your life, okay, you're... Um, amygdala and the different areas of your brain are releasing cortisol so it's the stress hormone like it's pumping blood through your body like it is actively acting like you're fighting for your life and i often use billions of analogies and metaphors somebody email in but like i tell people no wonder you're exhausted because emotionally you've run a marathon it really is the same kind of experience physical experience in the body yeah and so this past weekend, we went camping, and it's been a year since we've been, and my nervous system is a lot more, I'm a lot more aware. I was aware last year, but it's even more so this year, and we got to the campsite, and um, I normally, when I get there the first night, I'm exhausted, and I'm ornery, and I wasn't, oh. and I had this moment where I was like, this is so nice, and I recognized that it was because I was not using emotionality to motivate me to get everything ready to go, because I had like... Um, spaced it out and used timers and asked for help and done all of these things and, and regulated if I started to feel myself mm-hmm. going to that stress response that I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually just enjoy this and not feel exhausted. And then the same thing coming home, like packing up to come home, I tried to do the same thing and I didn't feel as exhausted. I mean, you're always exhausted after camping, but it was more like a physical exhaustion than an emotional exhaustion. Yeah. And I love that because that's evidence right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really plays well into different areas of our life. And parenting. And parenting, yeah. In different areas of our life, sometimes in life, we're forced to be in the red for a period of time. There's not a lot we can do to change the circumstances. But if you have enough awareness of when you're in red, you can do the like proactive steps of incorporating green or blue like in different ways or yellow and using those skills and mm-hmm. so then even if you are spending some time in red it's not a damaging amount of time that's completely draining you yeah and our nervous system is meant to be challenged in some way so it's not yeah. that you never want to be in the red it's just that you don't want to be spending like an obscene amount of time there yeah chronically there and then green is go guys it's the fastest charging it's the most emotionally satisfying and so for green in my life is really quality time mm-hmm. with the people I love. Mm-hmm. That's my too. Friends, family, quality time with them. I love it. Um, I also really, really love to travel. Yeah. So for me, that's a big green. And it's like short trips, long trips. I don't care. Take me on a trip. <laughs> the, the hard thing for me with traveling has always been that like I would avoid it um, because the the executive function part, like the planning and preparing, and then I'd end up in the red and I'd be exhausted. But now that I'm more aware and more regulated it is very much a great a green thing for me yeah and it changes and shifts depending on on what skills and tools you use and how you're able to adjust how you exist in life Mm -hmm. that's the other thing i was thinking because it's also being outside like almost anything could be a green but again it's the intention and reaction to Mm -hmm. it as 
to what quadrant it puts you in, except for yellow. Obviously, that's my struggle quadrant, so I'm just like, yellow is impossible. <laughs> yeah. For me with yellow, this is my trick for dealing with yellow things. And these are like, okay, paying bills, doing my documentation, returning phone calls, um, billing reports, just admin stuff for my business, stuff I'm not freaking good at. Um, But I batch it together. I do it all at once and I do it at my highest energy time of day. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like on a Monday um, when I am just starting the week and maybe I'm not like seeing clients and I'll just like set aside an hour and And I check so many things off that I'm like, why did I put this off for an entire week? But it, like, gives me that, like, boost to go through the week. I love that. I think this was a really good episode describing the different quadrants and kind of different tasks that go in the quadrants. And I think we should spend next episode talking specifically about how to tell what quadrant you're in Mm -hmm. and tips to manage things within that quadrant. And then... Another episode after that on how we apply all of this wonderful awareness we're gaining to our kids. Sounds good. See you next week. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.